on this episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. We embark on a journey to a place that straddles the realms of history and legend, none other than Sleepy Hollow, New York, a quaint village nestled in the embrace of Westchester County, where the Hudson River runs, its waters reflecting centuries of stories. Sleepy Hollow, a name that resonates with the echoes of the legends that have woven themselves into the fabric of time. Now let's step back in time. In the heart of this enchanting town lies Phillipsburg Manor, a living, breathing museum that transports us to an era when the Hudson Valley was alive with industry and commerce. This historic gem stands as a tangible reminder of the bustling past that Sleepy Hollow once knew. Yet, it is the spectral tale of the Headless Horseman that truly sets Sleepy Hollow aglow in the pantheon of American folklore. Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow spun a yarn so vivid it became a concrete part of this town's identity. The specter of the horseman galloping through moonlit lanes continues to cast its eerie spell, drawing seekers of thrill and mystery. And then there's the old Dutch church of Sleepy Hollow, its time-worn stones bearing witness to centuries of whispers in the wind. This venerable sanctuary played a pivotal role in Irving's tale, sheltering Ichabod Crane from the Phantom Rider's pursuit, forever intertwining fact and fable. There is also a historical significance to Tarrytown, Sleepy Hollow, New York, much often overlooked because of the tale of the Headless Horseman. General John Andre was a British Army officer during the American Revolutionary War. He was born on May 2nd, 1750, in London, England, and came from a Huguenot family. Andre is most famously known for his involvement in the Benedict Arnold treason plot. In 1780, Andre was appointed as the head of the British Army's Secret Service in America, and he played a crucial role in negotiating with American General Benedict Arnold, who had decided to defect to the British side. Andre and Arnold communicated through letters and secret meetings. However, Andre was captured on September 1780 at the location where Patriots Park stands today in Tarrytown, New York. It changed the course of history. He was apprehended by American militia while carrying incriminating documents which revealed Arnold's betrayal. Despite Andre's attempts to conceal his true identity, he was eventually identified as a British officer. General George Washington, although sympathetic to Andre's pleas, followed protocol and ordered his trial as a spy. Andre was found guilty and sentenced to be hanged. Despite appeals, he was executed on October 2nd, 1780 in Tappan, New York, which now the current location is said to be haunted by the spirits of John Andre and other British regiments. Now on this episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast, the swap crew goes in detail recounting their trip to Sleepy Hollow, explaining the history and also the paranormal tales of this historical village that lies within Westchester and New York State. Prepare yourself for a historical and paranormal episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast that starts now. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. 
This episode is in conjunction with our first ever YouTube full-length video where Joey and I had went to Sleepy Hollow to explore the folklore, the urban legends, and also turns out a lot of history that we ended up learning on our trip. So everybody, welcome aboard Joey. Yes, sir. And Nick, our history buff, full-time Nigel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's our guy. Whatever you need, I'm here. <laughs> so, this is, uh, first of all, I'm going to start with saying thank you in advance, and uh, you'll hear me thank her towards the end, uh, Julia from Horse Feathers, and also the content creator for Sleepy Hollow Country on Instagram. She was very kind to have us come, and we went to our, we went to her restaurant, we met her there, we did interviews, we did um, a whole bunch of stuff there, she took us to Patriots Park. She gave us all the ins and outs, and she knows so much about Sleepy Hollow. She's very, very heavily affiliated with Sleepy Hollow, and she does a lot for that village and for Tarrytown as well. Sleepy Hollow and Tarrytown are like almost one of the same. They're just very close to one another. So she is awesome. So if you go into Tarrytown and you find yourself there and you're hungry, Horse Feathers, highly recommended. Awesome burger that I had there. And I'm not just saying that. The burger was phenomenal. And uh, the place is awesome looking inside. You'll, uh, if you go to the YouTube video, head over to YouTube, say what again, Billy Podcast, and check out our channel. You can catch the video there that we dropped this afternoon. So we are going to get into it. Now, this is our second episode for the Halloween season for 2023. And everybody around the world knows when you say Headless Horseman, they think of the Disney cartoon. If you're that old, you automatically think about that. They think about Johnny Depp's movie, which is something that... That was a movie that I like, something that I think about when I hear Headless Horseman. They think of the Fox 5 TV show that came out, Sleepy Hollow. And it's so lost in the actual history of that area. But everyone knows of Washington Irving and Sleepy Hollow. And that's where we're going to kick off. And I bring it over to Mr. Nicholas. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it, man. So um, I'm going to start a little bit with we can go into the history of the area. And then I do have a slight selection from the actual Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which was written by Washington Irving while he was in town. Um, believe it or not, he was up there when he was a teenager. And I'll, I'll, I'll go through this, um, the history part of it anyway, because I want to start with the facts and then we'll, we'll delve into the really cool spooky stuff and i know you and joey are going to be experts on that and i'm trying not to uh, step on anybody's toes um, joey is the uh he's on the low he's the skeptic i'm just i'm just along for the ride today i'm just here to learn some things <laughs> i just know that jo joey was along for the ride when we went to when we went to film out there and he's like what the fuck am i doing in a cemetery right now <laughs> how'd that how'd that snake bite go there joey yeah yeah let's not talk about it <laughs> <laughs> it was great to hear. That was I, I don't know why I didn't video that, but take it away. All right. So in it's, I seem like every time you bring me on, um, we're talking about some Native American land. And here we go again. The, the area that we're talking about, uh, where Sleepy Hollow is located, in 1609 belonged to, and I'm going to try. This is a long one. Wekkeskek, Gek, I think, Indians, or a.k.a. the... <laughs> <laughs> so I tried very carefully on that one, but they're also known as the Mohicans. Like most people know the Mohican tribe, right? right. Um, so as always, pretty much the natives and the settlers had a good relationship at first until about 1643. 
1643, the Dutch and the Native Americans get into it. They're no longer friendly and they get, you know, they go back and forth. About 1655, you got a, a Dutchman by the name of Adrian. You thought that other one was bad. Adrian van der Dunk. It's D-O-N-C-K, in case oh. we want to spell it out. Okay. All right. Uh, coined the term Slapper's Haven or Sleeper's Haven, which colloquially became known as Sleepy Hollow. All right. 1693. Now, we're taking a time jump only because we had the, the British kind of take over from the Dutch. 1693, we get to this, this ambitious Dutchman by the name of Frederick Phillips. Purchased a ton of land at that point, including all of Sleepy Hollow from Phillips, the British. Phillipsburg Manor. That's right. Manor mm -hmm. of Phillipsburg mm -hmm. in 1693. That became the official title and deed of all that land. And that's not just in Sleepy Hollow. That was a big portion of Sleepy Hollow, right? But after the Revolutionary War, so now we're taking a big time jump, right? I'm not going to go through the whole history of Phillips and, and his manor and his family. But after the Revolutionary War, that family fled. Mm -hmm. They were good. It's not like they were mean or bad to their tenants because they had a lot of land and they had a lot of farmers, but they fled because they were more loyalist. So they fled. Uh, the tenant farmers at the time who were living there bought the land and the old Dutch ways started to prevail again until the late 1700s. Early 1800s, Tarrytown. I know you mentioned Tarrytown, right? Right. They're very close. They're very close proximity to each other. Tarrytown became a bustling commercial and retail center while Sleepy Hollow stayed mostly agricultural until the 1840s, mid-1800s. Finally, industry hit Sleepy Hollow. It became known as North Tarrytown. That's when Sleepy Hollow kind of loses its name and just becomes North Tarrytown. And that's because of how close it is to Tarrytown, how much of an influence of the industry of Tarrytown actually took over. In fact, one of the first, if not the first, GM factories was built in Sleepy Hollow. Really? Yep. <clears throat> not Michigan? No. Wow. Sleepy Hollow. And in fact, it just recently, and this is relative, right, to time, I see within the last 50 years, it did close down. And they've, they're using that land to build up some, I, I don't have it here, but they're building up uh, a big industrial, not industrial, com um, commercial housing complex. They have like 1,180 housing units. Mm. Um, some low income, but mostly just regular like rentals and, and like co-op kind of a situation. Um, and then there's like another 25 or 26 acres that GM donated that they want to kind of build up a park. Um, this all comes from Rockefeller, the Rockefeller family who bought a lot of, when it started to get industrial, all these people, Carnegie, Rockefeller, all these big guys, they really started buying land. And, uh, but Rockefeller Jr. wanted to restore historic Sleepy Hollow. So in the 1980s, they were like, yeah, let's, let's rename ourselves back to Sleepy Hollow. Finally, in 1996, they readopt the name Sleepy Hollow. And if you're looking for more... 96 ain't that long ago, if you really look at it. It's not even 30 I years. I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. Imagine, right? So and it was always North Tarrytown. Well, it wasn't always. It was Sleepy Hollow. Right. Then became North Tarrytown in about the 1850s, 1840s, because of how much industry was there. And they were like, kind of, yeah, you did us good, Tarrytown, so we're going to just be like the northern version of you. Right. Okay. And then started restoring the, the old ways and the... Uh, uh, the, the beauty and the grandeur of the nature. So they said, all right, let's go back to our roots and let's go back to being Sleepy Hollow. Uh, you can find this information uh, and more on Sleepy Hollow, New York. So that's sleepyhollowny.gov. That's where I got this. And I got smart this time. I actually wrote everything down as opposed to last time. Um, all right, so that's the history of the area. Now, other history and legends is stuff that just kind of goes on. Like there's people that have moved there 
uh, a lot from Manhattan because it's a very short commute. It's only about a half an hour commute to Manhattan. Um, it's very, it's kind of, it's not rural, rural. So it's kind of a very nice suburban. They don't have to travel too far. Right. They have the, and I thought of you immediately when I read this, the great jack-o'-lantern blaze, right? Because we think about the story of jack-o'-lantern, right? Or poor man Jack, poor Jack. Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack. Okay. And then, of course, they have performances, live performances of the entirety of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, which is written by Washington Irving, which is where we get our, our mythology about the horseman. Okay. Uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a little bit more history. In 1798, General William Heath publishes a memoir where he talks about the Battle of White Plains. This is only about 10 miles away from Tarrytown. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, I don't know if you know this, what's the horseman or what's his like background before he was the horseman? What was he? He was a Hessian. That's right. The, 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 the prevalent theory is he was a Hessian that had his head taken off by a cannon. Well, in this general's memoir, in the Battle of White Plains, which coincidentally happened at the end of October of 1776, in November 1st is the actual date he puts in a memoir, that a Hessian's head was taken off by an American cannon. So there is always, like I say, a kernel of truth to a lot of these legends. Right. We see that today with movies and TV shows. There's always something that pops out that ends up coming true somewhere. There's little shades of truth in, in current TV and movies. And now with this, with the history going into Irving's legends. Right. So now Irving's there, right, as a teen because his family fled New York City. At the time, they're having an epidemic in the city, yellow fever. So, like, they want space. They don't want to have the kid get sick. They don't want to have the family get sick. So they flee to the Sleepy Hollow area, which is Tarrytown, and he starts hearing all these legends. And that's where we get the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And, you know, he also wrote Rip Van Winkle, which we're not going to talk about that, but he did all that kind of stuff from the legends of the area. And there's one particular, which is going to, you know, we're going to get into, I guess, a little bit, is about uh, major John Andre. Which I'll correct myself. If you heard the monologue and you are a history freak, like my friend Frank, who came with us to do the video, I there are pages out there and software devices, <coughs> ChatGPT, that label John Andre, instead of labeling him Major John Andre, he was put in there as General John Andre, which is my mistake. I should have caught it because Frank, our history buff our, that came with us on the trip, said Major Andre. And Julia said Major Andre. But in the process of writing the monologue and doing it, Six times, because it took me about six times to do it. I said General Andre. So it's not General Andre. It is Major John Andre. Well, look, to be fair, when you read, because I got history on Andre too, he does work with a lot of generals super closely. And he had a kind of a media, at the time, relative to the time, meteoric rise in his, um, I guess, uh, uh, title's the wrong word. I can't think of how you, what's the military ladder? What do you call that as you're going up? Promotional? Criteria promoted, promoted. So his promotions in the military happened a lot faster than they probably should have. And he also, I don't want to jump the gun because I know you got things strategically written out, but he was appointed the British Secret Service, right? Like intelligence uh, at yep. one point. So that's like a really, like when you saw him, you didn't really, you knew he was of high stature in the army. Like, oh, there's John Andre. There's John Andre. He's one of our, you know secret guys don't and don't mess with him when don't. i tell you how valued he was we're gonna get there when i tell you how valued he was when i bring up a particular thing you're gonna be like holy right can i curse again i forget yeah holy, we're try, i'm actually be, trying to keep the the f-bombs to a minimal because well, we, be have, we have some historical people and people that that may listen from you know like 
other places. So I'm All trying right, so to keep it low key. I'll, I'll, it's an agricultural <laughs> place. I'll say, holy cow, right. is what you'll say. I already dropped one, this. I believe. So I'm going to try, right, I'm right, try well, not to. I'm going to try not to also. Um, if you want to look up more about just the legend of Sleepy Hollow and the history behind that, you can go on newyorkhistory.org and you can find that information there as well. Um, that's what I got on the history of just the town in the area. When we get into John Andre, I can bring you a little history on that as well. Well, we're going to get into that. But what, like I said, we everybody, when they hear Sleepy Hollow, like, you know what? Let's turn it over to Joey. Joey, don't think you're getting off that that quickly, right? When you hear Sleepy Hollow, right? You came up there. This is the second time I brought you on somewhat of a wild adventure. And I'm not saying you didn't know the history. You knew of the movies and the cartoons and the stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'll bring it over to you. When I told you we we're going to go to Sleepy Hollow, right? We're going to do a video there. We're going to walk through certain places. What did you expect from your from your point of view when, when I brought you there? I said, bring this, bring that. We're going here. Because for people who may, may – it may be the first episode they're listening to of the Say What Again Billy podcast, Joey is a guy that is – really privy to like the whole UFO ancient civilization and the scientific aspects that science won't really cover, right? Mm -hmm. He he falls into a category of another side of science that often gets frowned upon, right? So when it comes... You mean the the antithesis of your favorite scientist? Right. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Pretty much. So he's on that side when it comes to paranormal-esque things, but he doesn't necessarily believe in like ghosts and things like that he's got his doubts but when i wanted you to come there what was going through your head leading up to the trip and then on the trip uh well i've been to sleepy hollow before so i kind of knew what to expect in terms of like the visual visual visualization of you know the the area um i know that hollywood has kind of like dramatized what it looks like like this you know desolate area farm town kind of place you know but yeah obviously there's infrastructure and 100 years have passed so it doesn't look the same as it used to in certain movies um but uh, i definitely knew what to expect in terms of that uh i i knew that going in we were just going to be talking about the lore and the legends a lot of stuff that i didn't know about so i was kind of interested to see what what I would learn and what I would what I would see because I've never I've never actually like took a tour to see the churches and to see you know all the you know fictional characters grave sites you know Billy we went on a <laughs> grave hunting extravaganza <laughs> where I almost got bit by a fake snake it wouldn't be a trip with Billy if that didn't happen Joey <laughs> so I really wish I was there for that <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was really all I expected from it. I didn't expect to see any ghosts, you know. <laughs> right, that's see, like he's the skeptic. If but... you brought a proton pack and it and it, it worked, I'd be like, all right, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, uh, you know, people hear Sleepy Hollow and maybe they've never been there originally, and they they think of, you know, the headless horseman. And there's some there wasn't as much paranormal as I anticipated. I read some things. Years ago when we had this ghost group, we went to Sparta Cemetery, which was literally like, what was it, like about a mile down the road from yeah. where from the old Dutch it Cemetery. It far. And they had claimed when I was doing research for Sparta Cemetery that the cemetery was haunted. And there's a building there that was blown up by British troops, cannonballs. And I'd gotten some pictures that 
now growing in the knowledge of the paranormal I'm skeptical about, but still some things that I can't explain, which if you watch the video on YouTube, I told Julia about, about we used to use 35 millimeter film and I took all photos of the cemetery. And the second time we went back, um, it was all snow and that, that building, every time I took a picture of that building, there was a red mist in it and I couldn't explain why. Only in that area of that building, why this red this redness was appearing in the photo. Mm. Every other picture I had taken that day, no redness, no redness in the photo. Only at that building. And it wasn't just one photo, different angles. It was like multiple photos of that building had that red. And then all the other photos with us using our equipment, walking around, nothing. So... They claimed the cemetery was haunted, and then the main thing, main reason we were there is to find the tombstone of the Leatherman, which we'll get into a little later. That was the only haunted tale I've ever really heard of. And then when we went there, I had read up on the Bronze Lady statue, mm -hmm. which I was, it popped up. I read, I asked Julia, and you and I tried to find it. Little did we know, we were actually able to drive our cars through the, the cemetery. cemetery. And we parked, not thinking that you could drive through there because of the how historical it is. And we were trying to walk to find it. And every time we walked further, the cemetery kept going further and further. And I was yeah, like, we're, we're not yeah, going to yeah. find this thing. Like, oh, or we're just not going to get back. We're just going <laughs> to end up in the fucking twilight zone. Excuse my language. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I was trying to get a perspective of what you expected. And like I said, many people out there, you know, I go through Julia's page on Instagram, Sleepy Hollow Country, and you read the comments to some of the things that she posts. And you see people that are native to the area, right? New York City, you know, Westchester and the surrounding area, uh, you know, Mamaronek, uh, Scarsdale, Harrison, um, Larchmont, and then even the Bronx. And you see them commenting, oh, I went to the Jack-O-Lantern Blaze and I can't wait to go up there. And, you know, there's um, bars up there that are famous. There's softball fields. I used to go there, play softball. Um, and it's you could, fun. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I like, you, I like the jacket. You could see place. who's native to that area that knows about it, but then you see like some other people. They're like, "Oh, we gotta go here. The, the, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's gonna be spooky. It's gonna." So people really tend to believe just by the name that it's all about ghosts spooky. and lore. Yeah, yeah. But when we went there, we were hit with, and I had this in my head because of Frank, uh, the person that went with us, that there's historical aspects to Sleepy Hollow that created the lore, created the history there from and helped Washington Irving make the stories he made and that also bring forth some spookiness to the area because wherever there's war and there's death and turmoil, there are scary stories. So she there's an energy about the place. There is an energy. And, and when you we, want to feel that energy when you go there. You right. Know? There is an energy there. When we got to uh, Patriots Park, um, it sucks that it's so close to a road, but that you know you had to do it. But when you're in the park and you're looking around, as Julia was telling us the story, that you know Major Andre was captured there, and she claimed that his spirit haunts the area because he was captured there. And I've never heard it, but that was what she and she's a native to there, and she's all about the place. She's the I would call her Queen of Sleepy Hollow because she knows her stuff. And when you're looking at the water and the tunnel, like the bridge, that's not the Sleepy Hollow Bridge. We'll get to that. But um, you get this vibe, right? It's a, it's a, it's a like ominous vibe, you know? 
And then when we were walking through the cemetery, it was it was warm out that day, but it was like cloudy and it was a little drizzly. It wasn't like raining like it was the last few days here in New York, but it was like a certain feel when we were walking through the cemeteries. Mm. And when you're looking at tombstones and it's gray out and there's drizzle and you're looking at the, the dates of these tombstones, like we got hit when we first walked in a little tombstone of a child. You knew it was a child because of the shape of the tombstone, the size of it. And you just looked at the date and we were like, holy crap, like yeah, this poor kid, you know what I mean? And you were saying, Yellow Fever, remember? It's a story, it's somebody's story that happened almost when 200 Joey, years ago. It's, it's kind of When wild. Joey and I were there, we were like talking about, you can hear in the video, we're like, you know, there was the common cold was something that can kill you. We I didn't even know the Yellow Fever was going around at that time and, you know, Nick brought it up. So, but Nick, continue your history lesson for everyone listening to the Say What Again Billy podcast. Not that I want to put everybody to sleep. Um, you know, my voice is my key thing, right? I've always been told I have a face for radio. So I apologize if Me this too. is. Oh. Well, we can't all be lookers. I mean, we got one guy in the, in the videos that does that. I'm like, if we go good, better, best. There's there's best there's better and then there's me all the way down on the bottom underneath the the views worse. we get from this this video on YouTube is all Joey they they look at that face and they're like holy shit it's Mario Lopez's clone <laughs> well I mean look we can't all be lookers I'm more like Screech so it's okay um, <laughs> we talked about this didn't we talk about we this we're gonna do costumes he's gonna be uh, AC Slater you're gonna be Zach and I'm gonna be Screech because that just fits um, but anyways. Major John Andre. And again, I could talk to you about why everybody thinks he's a general. Because he's a bright guy. He got out of school. He had a high aptitude in humanities like art and geography. And so <clears throat> he quickly became a major. Relative to the time. Again, this is seven years after enlisting. At that time, becoming a major. You, you, if he enlisted at 18, you're about a 25-year-old major. That doesn't happen then. Maybe it happens now because we, you know, a lot of, a lot of the ones that come out of the, the military schools, mm. they're... they're you know, they start off as private first class, but um, if they come out of West Point, let's talk about West Point in a minute, but... Uh, West Point's big in this episode. Anyway, so he becomes a chief of intelligence for General Henry Clinton, right? And General Henry Clinton is the second in command to uh, General Sir Howe, William Howe, I think it is, and who himself, General Henry Clinton, is a mentor or commanding officer to one of the greatest general minds ever that we know of, General Cornwallis. All right, this is a guy who... If we weren't lucky enough to sucker punch him at the right moment, probably would have won the war for the British and not us. All right. So imagine all the military intelligence that's going through this. All right. And this is, he is the chief of intelligence, General Andre. What did I tell you? A 25-year-old is the chief of intelligence for the British Army in the colonies. So that's just mind-bending. Well, another young guy he comes to be friends with that he engages in a, in a deal with, Benedict Arnold. Everybody knows Benedict Arnold. He's going to sell us out to the British for the plans to West Point for 20,000 pounds then. And I had to do the math because you know how I like math. 4.2 million pounds in today's um, you know, British pounds. That's how much he would have been paying. Which is what now? That's today, 4.2 million pounds. So I don't know what pounds converts to dollars. Joe, you want to get on um, that? But 4.2 million pounds is what he was being offered for the plans to West Point. I want to take a dabble, but I'll get it wrong. Because I'm not good in math, but I'm good with guesses. I would say that's, what, 500,000? 
No, I think pounds are worth more than the dollar at this point. From right. then to now? Well, no, 4.2 million pounds is now. That's what it's worth now. So, four, so uh, one pound is uh, 1.3, $1.37. So this is, you got to multiply this by one and a third. So it's 4.2 and then a third of that's like, uh, what, 1.4. So it's about $6 million, five and a half to $6 million. Oh, I was dead wrong. All right. Well, you're only off by about, you know, one extra zero. It's so cash. it's a lot of cash for just some plans. I mean, you know, it's not Death Star level plans where we could stop the, the galaxy. But These are very significant plans, right. though, but we'll get into why. So now Andre, intelligent guy, I'm just telling you, he, he, he's skyrocketing in his promotions in the military. Captured September 23rd, not too long ago, a couple days ago, actually. Uh, we just passed the anniversary. Almost 243 years ago today. Was it two days ago from today's day of recording? So... Um, that's crazy. He mistakes American militiamen as Hessians. They capture him. Where? Near Tarrytown. Patriots Park, according to Julia. And actually, the, the park says it, the site of John Andre's capture. Okay. He's hanged. Now, they offered him a deal. This is how important he was and how much... Let me get into that real quick okay. before you proceed with that. Frank, who you'll see in sporadic parts during the video. He didn't really want to be on video. That's just how he is. So the place that he was brought to is called Old House Tappan. At one point, I, I could swear it was called Tappan 76. You know Frank as well. Yes, sir. And we had went there because of the ghost stories. He says, hey, he told me that this place is historical. So he likes it. And it was historical to his time period that he likes revolutionary time. So he was like, this place is haunted. So I did a quick Google and read the stories and I was like, I'm all about it. Let's go try it out. And they serve at the time when we went, they served revolutionary war dishes like pot pies and things to that. That's pretty cool. That caliber at that time. And, um, we sat at this haunted table and <clears throat> we asked the waiters like, Hey, what goes on here? <clears throat> we explored the area. There's an old church there as well. I'm not sure the name of it. There's some old church there. We were able to go inside and uh, walk around the area. It's very, it's a lot smaller than Sleepy Hollow and it still looks as if it did many, many years ago. It's a very, very small town. It's right over the Tappan Zee Bridge. Literally over the Tappan Zee Bridge. Thank you for calling it that. And uh, yes, never will call it anything else. And we went to the site uh, where he was hung, which is not too far from that place, Tappan 76 or Old House Tappan. That place is said to be haunted by other British troops that are still there um, or American troops, well, the revolutionaries. Um, and George Washington was there for a little short stint as well. So that place plays a major, major role as well to the story of Sleepy Hollow, John Andre. And he didn't die there, but he died damn near close to it. Right. And when you go visit the place where he was hung, there's a, a uh, little statue there, memorial. And there's literally houses, like quite a few of them, right across the street from where this guy was hung. And... That's a place that I'm trying to 
not only set up an episode that would correlate with this, would be fantastic, but also have lunch there, episode, and a paranormal investigation there because it is legitimately said to be haunted. Oh, I'm down by them, Joey. I just don't want to bring any demons home. Yeah, that's the demons. It's ghosts. But I'm gonna. I reached out to them before, and I just haven't replied to get back to them. But I'm gonna call them one day and let them know that we just did an episode that on on that if affiliates with the history of them and we know they're haunted and we want to check it out and we want to do an episode and we would like to do an, an overnight investigation which is something that i haven't done in a long time and i've never done an investigation in a place like that which would be humongo so just remember where you set up your equipment in case you I, listen i remember and not only that before we left and then we'll get back on track julia also says she was thinking about investigating something over there and doing a ghost hunt in Sleepy Hollow as well. So hey. just be prepared, Joey. This time it might not be fireflies. Or snakes. Just let me borrow the proton pack. That's all. <laughs> okay, Nick, go ahead, bud. So I'm going to I'm gonna sit you at ease, Joey. You're not bringing anything home. And I'm going to talk about that. I don't know if it, it correlates 100%, but I'm pretty sure it does. I, I couldn't get all the information. A lot of what I got had to be online this time. The library didn't have what I needed. Unfortunately, at least the local libraries, and I didn't feel like driving downtown, or, or to, I'm definitely not taking a train, going downtown to sit in the actual public library down there where I know I'll get more. But um, so, like I said, he's captured on 923. He's hanged on 103 from a tulip tree. It's very important that it's a tulip tree because we talk about that in a second for espionage. And you brought up George Washington. The reason he is hanged. Can I say it? Can I say it? Go ahead. The reason that he was hanged is that when he was captured, he was not in his military uniform, which is a, a code that if you are captured in your uniform, you will be a prisoner of war. But if you are captured and you are on the other side and you are in plain clothes, you are a legit spy and that is eligible for being hung. One of our other four founders, uh, four, you know, founding fathers rather, um, I, remember, I can't remember if I saw it as Hamilton or Adams. One of the two of them was trying to push for, he was going to die no matter what. Andre was going to die. But he pushed for, because he was such a respected man, to be shot, which was Andre's preference. But Washington insisted, no, he is in the act of espionage. We will hang him because that is what we need to send a message. This is what you get for being a spy. And even George Washington was reluctant to, but he had to follow the codes. Right. Uh, he's a big man of setting precedent. I mean, you know, this is a guy who stepped down after eight years intentionally. So, um, but he was so important to the British, John Andre. The one man that everybody knows in history, for American history anyway, as being a turncoat. They were going, the British were willing to trade Benedict Arnold for the return of John Andre. This is how important he was to them. Think about that. The Benedict Arnold, the Benedict Arnold, they were offering him up in a trade to the Americans for this man. So I told you you were going to get to a holy cow moment. I don't know if you heard that one, but they were going to offer Benedict Arnold up for John Andre. I thought it was the other way around that the the, the British didn't, the British didn't want to make the trade for Benedict Arnold. No, the Americans wouldn't do it. The Americans wouldn't. They do wouldn't it. do it. Right, George Washington wouldn't do it because of the espionage aspect of it. Had it been he caught, he was caught in uniform or whatnot, maybe, but because of how he was caught and what the example they wanted to set, they hanged him. There was there was no there's no trade. Okay, denied, rejected. Um, but you know, you talked about Tappan. He was buried in Tappan, 
1821, because of how respected he is, and he's been more romanticized since, like a long time since, they took him and they moved his entire body. They, they exhumed him and they moved him to Westminster Abbey in 1821. And that's where his body currently rests. This is a brain fart moment. Westminster Abbey. In England. England. Correct. Right. Um, it was funny. He was saying that his story became like romanticized, right? When you read about him, and when I was doing the monologue, because, you know, I, I don't really retain all the information. There's a lot of stuff that I'm looking up constantly for other episodes and so on and so forth. But it makes it sound like almost like he wasn't supposed, like he wasn't meant to go. Like, you know, like you, it almost, the, the history makes it seem like you make it feel, you feel bad for him. You know what I mean? You will but, feel bad. I, not that you will feel bad, but there's a there's a quote here that I'll tell you. But about. at the end of the day, he was a spy. If he got if he didn't get caught, what you so we didn't we really, we we'd not be sitting here as American citizens. Right. So possibly. what they let's let's go real quick to what they found when he got caught. He they found in his boot apparently the plans for West Point. Now we've talked about on the Roanoke episode. We mentioned how. The naval, the naval fleet for the British was very strong, right? And even Correct. the Spanish Armada. Now, West Point is near water. Hudson, there's waterways. If they had gotten the blueprints to West Point and Andre was never captured, they would have went straight to the, they would have went straight to the British and they would have had the plants to West Point and they would have been able to just bombard the, the American militia. Correct. And again, we're talking about, we can go back to just mentioning George, uh, General Cornwallis. Uh, again, he got cut off from the sea. There's a guy, if he would have had naval, we would have been dead. Dead in the water is not an expression I'm using lightly here or as an ironic pun. I mean, seriously, we would have been dead. Uh, we cut him off and that's how we won. And that's how we stopped him. Um, he wouldn't even, you know, he wouldn't even offer his own retreat. He sent out his own people because he was, he wouldn't give up. He wouldn't quit on his own. But Imagine if we could walk right through the, you know, the base, right? That's why we have, you can debate and dissect and discuss why we have, you know, like a place like uh, we're friendly with Cuba or why we have Puerto Rico, or why we have all these other bases in other locations that are kind of central to our water path, our, our, our external areas, because we have to keep those. If we get clipped from the side, that's a problem for us. We have a great military. I'm not saying we don't have a great navy, but we're very exposed on the outskirts of our country. The interior of our country, we have so much that we don't know about yet, like as far as land that we haven't explored, but you have so much that you could bed down. You can't beat the Americans in America because of that. But the coastlines are a different story. Especially at that time. Correct. Uh, but we had no navy at that time to speak of. I mean, we were just guys with pitchforks. We were farmers. Uh, and guns, yes, bayonets, right? Which knife muskets, gun. knife gun, yes, knife yeah. gun. Okay, so that information, by the way, was from loyalist.lib.unb.ca, which is um, I guess it's in California, but um, I think that's what CA stands for. I could be wrong. It's it's library, it's loyalist. It's more about the British. It's more from a. You know, it's written obviously from a certain perspective. So then we talk about more things that where Andre kind of flows into Washington Irving. He does have a passing quote in Irving's legend uh, on the way to the final confront confrontation with the horseman. Ichabod Crane, main character, feels ghostly energy 
mentioned energy before, Joey, right? This ghostly energy emanating from a tree called Major Andre's tree. Now, I wrote down this selection because this is what Ichabod looks at this tree on the way to the final battle, right? In the center of the road stood an enormous tulip tree, which towered like a giant above all other trees of the neighborhood and formed a kind of landmark. Its limbs were gnarled and fantastic, large enough to form trunks for ordinary trees, twisting down almost to the earth and rising again into the air. It was connected with the tragical story of the unfortunate Andre, who had been taken prisoner hard by and was universally known by the name of Major Andre's tree. So even in Irving's writing, he's talking about this tragedy of Andre, right? Like, so you're talking about, and this isn't too far after, right? I mean, 1798, give or take, I think that's when it was written, or it's when it's set. And that's not too long after the revolution. So, you know, it's kind of, and you mentioned Julia is there, she's native, and so she's heard these legends. Well, they talk about this. Even later on in that thing, they talk about the bridge where he was actually caught is still haunted, is the most haunted spot where he was caught. So Joey, you worry about, and this is why I say, you worry about where it's coming. It's directly tied to that location. They won't leave. It's that location. It's not like it's an item. You know, sometimes ghost stories relate to an item being passed from family member to family member or purchased at an, at an auction or whatever, or Joey's favorite in Florida. I won't mention the name. Uh, the little doll guy that you, you're so willing to go see. Robert? Yeah. I don't want to. That's one I won't go with. You can you can go on your own on that one. Um, but it, that's tied to the location, right? I still can't get over the fact that the writings, even with Washington Irving, because I didn't, that's the first time hearing that. And not, you know, I knew about the tree in the legend of Sleepy Hollow, right? We saw it in the movie. They kind of twisted it in the right. movie with Johnny Depp. How, yeah, like, where the comes blood in comes and, out. Yeah. But it's just crazy to me how I understand it was, he was a, wasn't really a fighter, John Andre. He was more intelligence and stuff like that. And he, you know, he, he still did what he did. You know what I mean? So, like, I understand people feeling bad, but to historicalize him and make him out to be like he was a victim a little bit to me is like, oh, like, you know what? If you know if things didn't go the way they did, how screwed we'd be. You well, know what I mean? And what makes it even worse, and I'll get to that point in one second, there, there's a relationship here that's going to make it even worse when I tell you this. I don't know if you heard this one. Mm. But anyway, I want to just real quick touch on the. It says landmark, right? And the tree's not there anymore, but there is a large monument dedicated to the exact spot where the three American militiamen arrested Andre. We were there. 1853 is when it was dedicated. It marks the exact spot within Patriots Park, like you mentioned, where the arrest actually occurred. Now, Irving wasn't alone when he went up there. He had a friend up there. His name was James Kirk Paulding. James Kirk Paulding is the cousin to one of the militiamen that actually arrested Major Andre. Wow. So now you're talking about, obviously, this is close proximity of time, and he's friends with a guy who's related to one of the militiamen, and he's still saying, this is from through his friend, who's a native to the area, that this is tragic. Can you imagine that? Like, this is a guy who's about to sell out the whole country, or country to be, and you're talking about it as a tragedy. The reason that it's a monument, by the way, and not the actual tree is because that tree was struck by lightning wow. and toppled over. That's why that tree's not there anymore. And in fact, it does get mentioned in Irving's a little bit further down. It's like there's a white spot on the tree, mm -hmm. and that was from the strike of the lightning. But in reality, the whole tree came down as a result of that lightning. So you talk about cursed 
areas, and I know you don't believe in curses necessarily so much, but... Well, I can tell you this, based off of how much I've studied paranormal and how much the places I've been to, Gettysburg being one of them, different time period, I'll tell you this right now, energy, especially energy that's from war and tragedy, from that time period, that long ago, where there was no buildings, it was all forest. And if you listen to last week's episode with Joanne, we talk about how things manifest using mountains, forests, and streams, and bodies of water and minerals. The amount of energy that's embedded there from that time period and everything that happened is always going to be there. Yep. It's just right there. Like we said, we walking through the cemetery and walking through Patriots Park and being there for that time that we were there. You feel it. You could feel it. And we do want to go back and spend more time at these locations. We just were under some weather that was not cooperating, you know, it was like, but we want to go back and film more and do things that we didn't get to do last, you know, last time, but there's definitely a vibe there. Okay. Well, speaking of the vibe, this this might lead to the vibe and I told you this is going to be kind of an eerie sound and and Joey, I know we're goofing around a little bit with the bringing things home and, and things that stay there. But the legend goes, and I don't know if Julia told you this part. I don't know if she said this part, but the legend goes that Andre accepted his fate so gentlemanlike because of what he was raised and how he was and how he acted. His grave was consecrated by the tears of thousands. So when you talk about the ghostly energy that's there, all the people that went, including people that were colonists right that they would have been sold out too they wept for this man i mean you talk about george washington didn't want to kill him the founding fathers didn't want to kill him they had to you can't do this and not have a consequence like back then anyway there were consequences that were hard consequences to doing a certain action there's no bullshit of you do something and you get away with it no you did it now you gotta you knew what the consequence was in advance I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. And so, I've never heard that expression before, but consecrated by the tears of thousands. Wow. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know people wept at his grave like that. I didn't know, I didn't know this. I knew a, very vaguely of John Andre from what Frank told us, told me. And he told me the story years ago when we went to um, Tappan. And obviously that was years ago. It was way before COVID. And then when I told him we're going to Sleepy Hollow, he, like I said, he loves that time period. He loves Sleepy Hollow. He's a Larchmont guy, Mamaronet guy. So he was all on board, on board. And on the way up there, we were talking in the car about John Andre. We were talking about the show Turnco uh, Turn. We were talking about the show Sleepy Hollow. And he was explaining all this to me. And then having Julia there who... She really knows her shit. You know, this is where it was embedded into my mind. And, you know, you're going to do an episode about Sleepy Hollow and you're going to bring up historical facts. You got to retain some of that information and you got to bring in the big guns. And that's why you're here too, Nick, because you are the big guns. But that energy there and all this information is great. I didn't know people wept at his grave. Just It's just, like I said, it's always going to be mind boggling to me how if things didn't go the way they did, how history would be so different right now. That's true. It yeah. would be so different. I was uh, looking up the connection of 
Because I remember in the movie with Johnny Depp, there was the Tree of the Dead. You mentioned the tree and always like a grain of the truth. Tulip tree? Yes. Tulip tree, yeah. Always a grain of truth. And the, the tulip tree is a nod. Or in the movie, the Tree of the Dead is a nod to the tulip tree with Major John Andre. Look, and I don't want to get really far off topic. I mean, while I was delving down the rabbit hole and all this stuff. I don't know if you saw a movie when you were a kid. I know I saw it and I thought it was great. It was Robin Williams was in it too. So that's kind of why I watch it. He played the bat in this movie called Fern Gully. Yeah, I saw it. You saw that movie? It's a cartoon. Yeah. Great movie back in the day, right? It's This is not a Disney movie, by the way. This is like a Don Bluth movie, which that studio didn't last too long. But they made some good movies like American Tale and all those things with Fievel. Um In Fern Gully, they have, and this, this was wild and I, I just, I had no backing on it, but I just thought it was a great connection that somebody made they're like yes the tree from sleepy hollow is actually the tree where that the monster from fern gully is cut this is ooze that comes out of this one tree oh. to try and save the planet just like the same way that blood and all the bad and demonic energy because the horseman in the story the horseman does put everything all the dead into all that the tree yeah right yeah, all the so like all the black ooze that makes this monster was from that same tree no backing whatsoever, but I was just like, wow, like people will really delve into this. And I don't know. I didn't really read it past the headline of that part because I was looking more for the history. But I thought that was for, from my own childhood. I was like, holy crap. I haven't heard of that movie in years. And then there it is. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It's just, it's yeah, just like a weird I didn't even connection. know that about Fern Gully. I haven't seen Fern Gully probably since I was like seven, eight years old. Yeah. And you, you said that name and I was like, my brain went boop. Like, oh, yeah. That's an old movie. It kind of has like an Avatar vibe too, you know, with like the cutting down of the trees and the forest and the magical creatures. Best part about it is Tim Curry. I mean, anything with Tim Curry is automatically a good one and he plays the bad guy in that movie. So okay. like, you, you just can't go wrong with Tim Curry. We try to meet him at Comic-Con this year. So now, that, topic. now you have to refresh my memory on this because again, it was a little, I know the Hessian, he was the headless horseman, right? This Hessian. He was out to like basically for revenge for for being beheaded and being in the war, right? Like, what was exactly his purpose of him riding around in Sleepy Hollow? So, I mean, the Hessian is really again. Irving was kind of like us, right? We're not native to the area. Irving wasn't native to the area. He had people in his ear and friends of his that he made. And natives, you know, people who are, are townies, right, who knew the story. And so he'd hear all these little whispers, John Andre being one of them and Hessian being another one. So, yes, there was a real Hessian, according to the memoir that I brought up before. And, yes, he did lose his head, allegedly. Uh, I just think it makes for an interesting story to make the supernatural villain this and Hessians were very well trained. They were mercenaries. So you're talking about taking a mercenary who lost his head and now he's kind of pissed off. And who's he pissed off at? He's going to be pissed off at the people that took his head, which are the Americans. Right? He's an American militia, an American cannon that took his head. So, you know, in the Johnny Depp movie, he's controlled by a witch. In other tales, he's out for revenge. He just makes for a good villain. So I don't know if there's necessarily any truth other than the concept of being a Hessian who lost his head to it. You know, you can sensationalize in Hollywood eyes yeah, they aspects. Did. They made his teeth like razor sharp, like he like sharp, sharpened his teeth. So, right. I, I mean, that was before he lost his head. 
he had done that, you know, and that did the Hessian really do that? Probably not, but you know, Hollywood, right? I'm sure there were mercenaries who did some crazy wild things, but necessarily I, I can't say that there was any direct purpose other than to serve as the villain, uh, you know, the, the primary antagonist. Cause there's also Brahm in the story who serves as like a secondary one, the human version. So you have your human and then you have your supernatural and he fits the supernatural bill. And you know, you ever watch a horror movie, they always have to have some kind of ridiculous ability, like getting stabbed in the chest and still going. So I kind of think that's where that went, but there might be more history behind it that I'm just not aware of. Yeah. I mean, I remember always watching the cartoon around Halloween time. My mom put it on and watching the movie with Johnny Depp and even watching the TV show, which was good for a while. And you know, I was always trying to figure out, like, why is this guy just out and about trying to, like, kill people? And it makes sense. You know, he lost, in the battle, he lost his head. He's angry. He's coming just trying to, you know. And then in the Disney movie, right, he was just out for Ichabod Crane, wrong place, wrong time. So it's definitely a legend that is heavily, obviously, affiliated with Sleepy Hollow because he wrote it as a Sleepy Hollow tale. And the history of Tarrytown Sleepy Hollow is again reiterating here so overlooked by that legend the fictitious legend that Irving wrote but there are other histories you just went really in depth which was awesome about Major Andre and Benedict Arnold and George Washington and the whole outcome of what happened and the tragedy I guess you can call it but uh there's more to it so we're going to take a momentary pause and we're going to get into some more folklore urban legends Sleepy Hollow, New York. And we're back from our break. And like I was saying, Sleepy Hollow, Tarrytown, besides from the historical events with John Andre and everything else we just spoke about, there are other urban legends and tales intertwined within Tarrytown, Sleepy Hollow, and even up in Austin. So let's start with the bronze lady. Now, if you watch the YouTube video, head over to Say What Again Billy Podcast, the YouTube channel. It will pop up. There's a few videos on there. You'll see last week's episode with Joanne, the psychic, and when she did a reading for me. And today I put up, uh, around 12 o'clock today, I dropped the Sleepy Hollow video with Joey and I going up there. There, we were, at one point, we were looking for a statue. Now, about a week and a half before we went up there, I was like, let's find other urban legends and spooky stories. And I came across the Bronze Lady statue. And when we went to Patriots Park, right before we left and departed from Patriots Park, and Julia was there, I asked her about it. And she gave a little, you know, story about the Bronze Lady statue. And it's the folklore or urban legend of Sleepy Hollow because this statue resides somewhere in the old Dutch cemetery. Joey and I were unsuccessful trying to find it. We could not find it. We did not know that you can drive your car through the cemetery and get out of the car and walk closer. We thought we had to park and, and, and walk, and we were walking through a little bit of rain, and it was hot, and we kept finding mausoleums because it said that she was the statue is right across from a Civil War uh, mausoleum. And we kept seeing mausoleums at one point, but there was no statue. We didn't find it. So, spoiler alert, if you didn't see the video, 
you see us walking through the cemetery, but we did not find the bronze lady statue. But we do intend to go back and try to find the statue, take photos and videos. Now, Nick is going to tell us all about the bronze lady statue. Yep, I will. I just want to real quick. I, I didn't uh, mention where I got my information on John Andre. Um, that was from JYFmuseums.org. I want to just make sure, like, throw out all these sources in case anybody wants to go look them up. Very professional of you, boy. Trying. I'm trying. Uh, little improvements every time I do these things, right? So we talk about the bronze lady. Now, this is bronze statue. Watches over the mausoleum of General Samuel Thomas. Of it was the, the Civil War mausoleum that we missed. That's right. And we're not talking about Captain America versus Iron Man Civil War, folks. We mean the actual Civil War in the United States when it was North versus South. Okay? Now, the legend part of this says at night, she comes to life to terrify anyone who's entered the cemetery. And I found this next little line, blurb, on a dare. She only goes out, I guess, to terrify them if they're going in on a dare. If they're being respectful and they're going in, it's one thing. Joey, what are the chances if I got in touch with the right people that, you know, run the cemetery and I say, listen, you know, we're paranormal investigators. We have a paranormal podcast. We're totally respectful, but we want to walk the cemetery at night. And before we go in, I say, Joey, please dare me to walk the cemetery at night. Are you going with me? Nah. <laughs> is, it, is it the dare part that's making you stop there? If he doesn't ask you to dare him, will you go? If you pay me, I'll go. <laughs> Well, you know what he's dollar figures. We'll figure it out. He's only going to use that pay to buy the ticket. He's going to buy the (laughs) ticket with that pay, Billy. And if you're going to ask me what ticket, you really don't pay attention to yourself. I absolutely love like even the thought of that, like walking around the cemetery at night, and especially hearing that because I didn't hear that when I did the research. But I don't know. It's something that I would be like my adrenaline would be like through the roof. Like it would just be for me. It's enjoyable. Honestly, you could probably do it anyway. Just hop over that fence. There were so many spots over there that you could just hop over the fence and just walk through. No one's catching you. I got I got to play by the book. Billy, you know what I mean? I dare you to go to the cemetery. Uh, listen, I'm going to I will after this episode drops, I'm going to tell Julia, "Hey, podcast episode's out. Everything's out now cuz she's been patiently waiting. I told her we were going to drop it at, you know, mid-September end of September." And I would be like, "Do you think you could pull some strings to to make this happen?" And if she says she can, Whatever day it's going to be, whatever night it falls on, rain or shine, I'm there. If I have to call out of work the next day because we're there to th- 2, 3 in the morning, so be it. But that's an opportunity that knocks for me. I see that. that entices me. That stuff I love. Someone told me today, hey, let's go to the Conjuring House. Hey, let's go to the Queen Mary. Hey, we're going to Gettysburg. I got everything set up. This They want you to come investigate. I'm there. Heartbeat. Boom. I'm down for two of those three. That first one, no. Nope. Certain things just drive me a little off. That that would be one of them. Um, so you know, she terrifies you if you come in for a dare, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some more points that you might like. The closer you get to her, if you find her, you closer to her, you hear weeping. And here's the thing: I don't know what time of day you went. I have to go back and watch the episode because I was just kind of listening to it. Um, it was at midday. We were there, right? She gets up and moves, allegedly. We're getting that. Um, but if you knock on the door of the general's mausoleum, okay, so this is where she's supposed to be guarding the mausoleum or watching over it, between one and three times, depending on which legend or which version you, you read, you will have bad dreams that night if you're knocking on the general's door, all right, because that's not being respectful to the dead. You're supposed to let them rest. 
if you really dare, and I don't mean the word dare, I mean just like if you really like, if you've got the testosterone, the testosterone, Come on, Billy. Get it, toge- get, it together. Get, it together. get it together, Billy. Um, whatever. If you've got the fortitude. Okay, I can't say the first part. That was a whole mankind quote that I can't was say. Was it right. testicular fortitude? Testicular fortitude. Thank oh, you. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Um, if you really dare and you sit on her lap, she's said to cry tears of blood. Okay. Um, and here's a moment Billy won't buy, Joey. I, you, I bet a dollar on this. Billy won't buy it. He'll somehow come in. He'll be, he'll be the skeptic right now. If you insult the bronze lady, say slap her in the face, you will be cursed for life. Yeah, I don't buy that. I just, I can't buy into the whole curse thing, man. I well, just, so you're saying you'd slap her? I'm not in gonna, the face. I'm not going to go to a cemetery and fa- and and face slap a a woman statue, but like you know, like sounds like he believes in the curse. Can you joke. imagine? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's just like there's some things it's, like it sounds like he's playing it safe over here. <laughs> oh, so much for daring you to go to the cemetery. I mean, I'd sit on her lap and be like. Hey, baby. Like, you know? <laughs> Please get that on camera. <laughs> You're looking extra bronzy today. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, but I don't know about all that. Maybe she's got a good tan. Yeah, she's tan. She's GTL. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's the myth behind it. tan right? afterlife. That's right. She, she's not hanging out with Beetlejuice. That's for sure. Um, the history, here's, here's the history part, right? So she's commissioned in 1903 by the widow of General Thomas, obviously the one that's guarding the door after his death, her name or has a name of, uh, this is, I think it's French reculment, which actually, you know, translates kind of to guilt. Uh, it's designed by, is British or is Irish, Irish, uh, Andrew O'Connor Jr. Who's a sculptor. He was in the United States at that point. He does actually, he ended up dying back in his homeland of Ireland, but um, years later. So I went and I actually wanted to see if there's any kind of like you know, detrimental part to him dying because, you know, he did something bad in a second I'll talk about, but um, not that I could find. It's modeled after a woman by the name of Je- Jesse Phoebe Brown, who is in many other uh, of Connor's works. It's kind of like yeah, how Mona Lisa was like a woman that Da Vinci knew. Um, or him. Or him. Or the woman and him combined. Who knows? Uh, maybe Da Vinci went on a drunken tirade. But uh, this woman was the model. Connor designed it. And um, the widow, she did not like the original statue. The statue that's currently there. She did not like the head of the statue. So she goes back and she says, no, I want a happier statue. So what does Connor do? He makes a happier head statue. He makes a happier head. He lets her come in and inspect it, the widow. She loves it. He picks the statue's head up, the new one, and smashes it onto the floor and says, I will never let that leave my studio. He's super frustrated that she wouldn't like to work in the first place. But basically, he was giving her the middle finger and saying, I just made this to show you that I could, and now it's garbage. That's why I looked up to see if he had died some like random, tragic way afterwards. Because, you know, with all the mythology based around it, I was like, hmm. That's a lot of work to reverse insult someone. Well, you know what? The Irish are a little stubborn. I'm part Irish. We're a little stubborn. So, you know, that that's the big old stubbornness right there. Um, there is one more legend. I forgot about this one. I apologize. If you... Here we go. You're getting on her lap again. If you hop on her lap... Hey, baby. Then peer through the keyhole of the mausoleum door, you'll see a ghost. 
but you have to do it specifically in that order. Hop on our lap, jump off, and look through the keyhole of the mausoleum, and you will see a ghost. Joey. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. Don't even come over here. I already looked through a mausoleum and got bitten by a fake snake. Just so you guys know the story real quick, Joey was looking very intently through this mausoleum. There was, I guess the wood for the upper part of the door had eroded and just, it wasn't there no more. So you could look through and see into the mausoleum. And why I did not put my phone on to record this moment is beyond me because it was absolutely hysterical. So I ninja walked up behind him and I went to his leg super loud. And this kid jumped like 20 feet in the air and was like, oh, shit. And he's like, I just thought I got bit by a snake. Out of all the things in the cemetery that he you could have thought just happened, he was like, I got bit by a snake. I'll tell you what, if I'm in a cemetery and something comes up behind me, snake is not my first thought. You know why? Because we 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 I go, this kid has me going all over the place. We, 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 I, he takes me hiking and he tells me about rattlesnakes in, in uh, where is it over there? Harriman. In, in Harriman State Park. Which isn't far from. And now, now anytime we're in kind of like a woodsy area or I'm in an area with grass and trees, I'm like, oh, I got to be careful for, for some snakes out here. You know, I, he really put that Indiana Jones fear in my head. Why has it always got to be snakes? A long story short, like in Harriman State Park during COVID, we. I was doing this whole hiking thing. And I used to be a Boy Scout. I was, I'm all about outdoors and stuff, right? So when COVID happened, the one positive that, that came about from COVID was I refound my love for hiking. Now, we got to get back there because the fall is the best time to go to Harriman. I kept saying for two years now, we got to go there during the fall. Got to go there during the fall because it looks beautiful. So I'm making that my utmost to-do list before October is over. Anyways, we went one day, Joey and I, and I believe a couple other guys. And we wanted to fly a drone and get footage of where we were hiking. And we were going off trail, like to try to get to this high land to try to launch the drone. And when we came back down, we actually heard like uh, a loud bass like sound. So we were like, yeah, I, I think it might, it could be a bear. There's black bear there in Harriman State Park. As we were walking down, I heard the rattle of a snake. Oh, no. And we didn't see it, but I heard the rattle, which means we were very close. So I stopped everybody. I said, listen, you hear that's coming from? Get Walk to your left, far away from that. If you get too close, it will strike you, it'll lunge out, and you'll, we'll, you'll be screwed. Because we were deep in the woods, and you got like so little time if you get bit by a venomous snake. You're screwed. So Joey was there for that. There was another occasion where I went to Harriman, and I took my wife's little cousin and not even 15 minutes in, we took a little different part of the trail, which I never took. And it leads back onto the trail I'm familiar with. And he was like, look at that over there. And in this thick grass was a long black body of a snake. And I knew it wasn't a garden snake because it was big. And I was like, that's a rattlesnake. So I had him. Walk behind me across a log so that if that thing jumped, it wasn't going to get me. And there was no other way to go. It was either go backtrack or go forward. So I had him stand behind me, walk across this log that was on, on, on the floor and had him go behind me. And I walked past it and we got by. As soon as we got off the log and we turned around, there was another one right over the log he just walked across. And its head slithered up and he was like looking. Now, this type of snake 
is a timber rattlesnake. And timber rattlesnakes, fortunately for him because and me, because we walked on the log and it was literally behind the rock. It slithered up as we passed by, probably felt the vibrations of us walking. They're a little timid. You know what I mean? Like you really got to piss it off for it to bite you. But there was two of them, literally eight feet from one another. And, you know, they were introduced to the area. They weren't indigenous to the area. They were literally brought here, left into the park, and they reproduced. And in the wintertime, they burrow on the ground. You know, that's how reptiles work. They don't just die for the winter and come back to life. And they're all over Harriman State Park. So on top of bear and deer, there are rattlesnakes Great. in Harriman State Park, which is very close to Tarrytown. West. It's in the Westchester. It's right over the Tappan Zee Bridge. Now that I'm done talking my little herpetology lesson, you may proceed. Well, I mean, there's there's not much more that I got on the bronze lady. Um, I know that I will dare you again to go to the cemetery because you will, and I will you say see, you see the ghost. That's that's that's, that's the move. You sit now, now you really now the question is: Are you going to sit on the lap, go to the keyhole, see the ghost, or are you going to sit on the lap, slap her in the face, so, and spit in the face of the curse? To, you know, which to one all are we going the fans with? listening, that my repeat listeners. I'm going to try to work it out where I can get onto that cemetery at night. I don't know how that's going to fly with that, that town, who knows, that village. But you can go to the cemetery during the day. And I plan on going back during the fall to find the statue and uh, record a little additional episode to what we just aired on YouTube today. And um, I will sit on her lap and I will do all that stuff and I will video it. I, I think, I think honestly, we should put Joey in video on that one and let him sit on the lap and look through the keyhole. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> See, Joey's a skeptic, but when you tell him, "Hey, we're going to this place, and you know, twenty people died here, and they, you know, they... play it safe." You skeptic, skeptics play it safe. <laughs> when we went to Van Cortlandt Park, okay, this kid came right after work. ZZ Top's song was playing in the background. He got out of the car, sharp dressed man. You know, he's walking over. I'm like, "You gonna walk around like that?" He's like, "Yeah." We got we walked across the the ball field of Van Cortlandt Park at 10 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. Day before Father's Day. And it was a really cool, cold night, which was perfect weather. I was like, wow, this is like a fall night. This is awesome. Cloudy out, windy, cool. It was cold out. We get to the forest area where the trails are. They went from the moon coming through the clouds to like pitch blackness, right? It was like pitch black. And I brought Mike because Mike the angry history geek has some, you know, you know what I mean? He's a, uh, with his job, he was able to bring some protection and, um, it, it even got me a little shook. I was like, yo, this it's, it's dark. It's dark. You know, there's a lot of shit that can happen. Not even paranormal. There's a lot of stuff that can happen. Long story short. I love that stuff, man. That adrenaline rush, but Joey is a trooper. He, he came out, you know, and he walked and, you know, he wants, he wants to believe, but, how he believes and how he gets to the believing stage is, is right, entirely right, up there. All right, so let's make a deal, Joey. We'll, we'll we'll split the middle here. All you have to do is approach the bronze lady to see if you hear the weeping. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to hear anything, but that'll do. All right, so we, we, we've convinced him to at least go at night to hear the weeping. Listen, if we can get there at night, I'll see if I can work this out. I think this is something that she'd probably be interested in too, Julia. But um, if I can work that out... 
and break out my equipment, the EMF meters, spirit boxes, the ghost grids where it shoots laser grids and you can see if anything moves in the background. If I can break that stuff out again and the EVPs, I'll be happy. I'll be very happy. It doesn't take much to make me happy. I'm a very humble guy. Well, I mean, you're sitting in her lap too, so I'm sure you'll be happy. That's, I mean, that's, listen, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, she may be not my style, but, you know, I. What, 20 feet tall is not your style? I don't think she's that big. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, this is why we really wanted to find it. If had we known we can drive through the cemetery, we would have found it. Now, it's funny, uh, Dario, who's been a guest on a couple of times, um, he, he found the map to Sleepy Hollow. So we're going to go as a group if we can arrange it and uh, try to find it. And we're going to go with Dario Anthony, you, Joey, and me. And we're going to all take turns sitting on her lap and see what happens. <laughs> Joey's over there like, nope. No, nope, uh, 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 leave, uh, leave me out of it. Joey, you sit on her lap. If she comes to life, she's going to try to wife you up. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You're going to be forever. There'll be no curse. She'll be chasing him. Yeah. Joe, he can't go there. Walk through the door with a bronze lady. <laughs> so, the bronze lady is definitely the urban legend of that area, the immediate area, sleepy, the Sleepy Hollow area, Old Dutch Cemetery. Now, this is something that I covered on season two, I believe, and something that I looked for twice. And this is the Sparta Cemetery, the legend of the Leatherman. Now. The Leatherman, Joey, I'm going to need you to pull up some stuff for me as I say this, because just to double check myself. But I did an episode of The Leatherman because when I had my ghost group, Sparta Cemetery was allegedly haunted. And The Leatherman was supposedly haunted there, and he was the one that haunted the area, right? So we went to Sparta Cemetery, and there was, like I said, the photos from the, the building that got blown up by the cannonball. There was some weird things I couldn't explain in the photo, but it, you know, at this point... Could have been anything, right? There was one point, one weird thing that I, and I actually still have this video to this day. And I will try to play it on, um, I don't know if I want to play it on my PS5. I might hook up my PS4 for this or if I can find another DVD player because it's on a disc, right? I had someone convert it from VHS to DVD. Um, For those listeners out there that may be too young, VHS is a cassette tape. That we used to watch videos on constantly. I believe VHS stands for Video Home Studio. I don't remember the name. But anyways. It's we had them. Yeah, we had them in, back in the day. Yep. So. Be kind, rewind. There was a part where we went. The first time there was a picture where Anthony, it looked like a face was staring at him during the in the middle of the trees. And, and I, I still can't find that photo. But that, if I, that's. Listen, I know that you, that's true because I've known you long enough. You showed me that photo. Yes. It's a Polaroid, too. Yes. I know 100% millimeter. it's a Polaroid because you held it. I held it in my hand. And you you made a mistake because you told me what to look for right. in the photo, and then I immediately found it. And I'm sure I'll let you talk about it, but I wanted the listeners to hear. I, I, I held this thing in my hands. It's I real. I can't find It's talking about years ago. It's somewhere in my mom's garage or even at my, my house now. But um, we went back again, and um, we had a, a, a big team. The second time. The first time was just me and this kid, Anthony. The second time we went back, there was snow on the ground. We had four people. And it was me and this this girl, Christina. We teamed up and we went on one side of the cemetery. And Mike and Matt went on the other side. Now, we both, both teams had EMF meters. And we had 
a thermometer out, a temperature gauge to see what the temperature was and if the temperature dropped. And um, we videoed. And Mike and Matt had the video camera and they got to this tombstone, right? When they got to the tombstone, I had put, I make it my point to this day that whenever we go and do some kind of paranormal investigation, that there are new batteries in all the equipment, brand new, right? That EMF meter that Mike and Matt had had a brand new nine volt battery in it. They got to this tombstone and the meter started going, woo, woo, woo. The needle started going back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden I hear from across the cemetery, Billy, come here quick. This fucking thing is going nuts. And I have actually, it's on, it's on a uh, Instagram video. You dig deep in my page. And when I got there, it was spousing out. My meter wasn't going off the one that I had in my hand. We started taking photos of the tombstone and all that stuff. And there was a face on the tombstone, but it was pareidolia. You know, it was like legit pareidolia. Um, it looked like a face. But the, the weird thing was that their EMF meter, their battery died out of nowhere. Brand new battery. It just completely drained at that tombstone. Mm-hmm. So I took off the, I took the nine volt out and I did the tongue test. You know, it didn't, it didn't zap my tongue. But I knew it was a brand new battery. I had put brand new batteries and everything, and the battery was completely drained. That's the sign. That's that's a telltale sign right there. The only weird thing that was legit paranormal that happened, but that was it. I mean, and you're—it's not like you're around a lot of EMF. uh, Your chances for like pulses, because it's not like you have—it's not the city where you have all the power boxes. There was no power. Yeah, no, it was. That cemetery is not big at all, but we were in the middle of the cemetery. Now, the leather man is supposedly buried there, but when they tried to find his body, there was nothing there. Like, they, they, they never knew his real identity. I believe they said he was French. And he would make this route, this, this lap, from all the way upstate New York, almost Connecticut, all the way to the Westchester area. I believe he did a 360-something day route. 365 miles in 34 days. Yeah, 365 miles in 34 days. There you go. That's the exact number. And he would do that all the time. That's a lot of walking. And he did it in an outfit made of complete thick leather. Now, he was out in the elements. So not only did he wear this leather suit, hence the name The Leather Man, he was out in the elements. So when he came into these taverns and places in, in when you know wherever there was areas that were inhabited by people and more town-esque. He had skin that also looked leather because he was out in the elements. He would literally live out of caves. He'd go into caves. Throughout New York and upstate New York and and even parts of Connecticut, because I read there was a there's a a trail he did in Connecticut. It's all the way it's all the way through Connecticut. So the the the, it was a a clockwise route that he did uh, every three hundred and sixty five days. He has caves and trails named after him. This is the Leatherman Trail. Now, you hear Julia on my interview on the YouTube page with her say that she did one of the trails. So, he lived out of caves. Obviously, he built fires, but his skin was leather as well from being out in the elements and the cold, as you can imagine. And also, wearing leather on your skin, you know, it's probably not great for your skin. So, his he became known as the Leatherman from what he wore and how his skin looked. Right. And he became a legend that one of my big bosses at my job, I had posted something 
uh, actually the picture of me near his stone. He has a, in Sparta cemetery. The third time I went with Joey, I actually found his, I guess not really grave, but a, a stone that says Leatherman, and there's a, a sign that gives a brief description of why the, what, what's the significance, right? And one of my coworkers sent the big boss that picture because apparently he had went on one of the hikes with his family. And he came over to me. He was like, I was just on one of these hikes with the Leatherman. I didn't know about him. And someone sent me this picture. So I told him all about the episode that's dropping. I ended up sending him the video today. So I was like, hey, towards the end, you'll see the Leatherman story. It's a really famous legend throughout Westchester. People know about the Leatherman. Matter of fact, um, there's a band. I always forget the band name. And it's a good band, too. It was a famous band, Joey. Um, they made a song about Leatherman. I think it was... Uh, um, God, why do I forget? It's a it's a, a band that uh is pretty well known. Um, I think it's yeah. Google that. It's and I when you say the name of the band, it's it's like a very well known band from like the nineties. Um, they made a song about the Leatherman. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. There you go. Yep. Pearl Jam made a song. See, I I can't believe I forgot that. Pearl Jam made a song about the Leatherman. Now, if you could pull up the song, we could play a piece of it. That'd be awesome. But um, Pearl John heard about this legend and literally made a song about this legend of the Leatherman from all the tales. Like, I've heard you tell the story before. And you know what's really wild to me is, like, Joey just gave the numbers. You do the math. That's almost 10 and three quarter miles, okay, a day, which I walk around a lot. And, I, you know, I'm not the fastest. But let's say it's an 18-minute walk and he's wearing heavy clothes. Out in the cold, 18 minutes is one mile. So he's doing almost 11 of that. That's uh, it's almost three and a half, somewhere between three and four hours of walking in the elements. In that, I, dude, you know what he must, and you know, we have pictures, but you know what he must have looked like. There's for not real? many pictures, but he had a beard. I'm assuming he would, like, beyond all the leather and his beard, he probably was in shape from doing that walking. Right, not, eat, not eating, because, you know, he. he he had the, I'm guessing. Didn't he stay in caves. Like, isn't that part of the story? He, he stayed, stayed in yeah, caves. No, yeah, he lived in caves. Because he, he couldn't afford of, to live in like the inns and the taverns. He wouldn't stuff. talk to anybody. He would go into, uh, you know, towns. I'm assuming he'd get scraps and food and, you know, drink, you know. But that's crazy. He, the, the amount, he, and that's a big, and there's like literal trails all around Westchester and Connecticut of how, where he walked. Julia did one of them. She was like, it was tough and she was like i can't believe and we have gear now for that kind of stuff yeah i can't believe that he did that in leather and he did it the way he, he you got the song yeah, yeah let's play a clip of it So I didn't even know Pearl Jam did it, you know, and when I was reading that um, throughout the years, I was like, holy crap, Pearl Jam made a song. And so if you want to hear the whole song, Pearl Jam is called The Leatherman. And it's from this, this legend in Westchester that spawns all the way up, spans all the way up to, to Connecticut. So there's more to, you know, when you go to Sleepy Hollow, you go just travel a mile and a half, mile down the road route, whatever it was. And... 
you can go to Sparta Cemetery, which I believe is in Osning. Yes. Very close. And it's a very small cemetery. And you could see the Leatherman, uh, like, rock memorial that's there and read a little of the sign, the post that's there. It's pretty crazy. But, you know, you said it before, and I'm sure Julia's had to deal with it her whole life. She's from the area. We're out-of-towners. I mean, we're not too far away, but we're out-of-towners. Like, when you talk about everyone worldwide knows this legend, yeah, probably. And But that's it. You're going to hear the big one because that's what people spread. When you're from the town and you grew up in the town, like, not in the city, it's different. But, like, when you grew up in an urban, a suburban or a rural area, you know everything. You know everything. She actually grew up. I think she told me she went, she lived in Jersey for a little bit, and she actually lived where Clinton Road is, and she loved Weird New Jersey Magazine, which is a magazine that my friend's uncle put me onto, Anthony. Um, he put me onto Weird New Jersey. Uh, what they, they, that was, um, um, they became the Ghost Hunters, right? They're actually on a show called Paranormal Court on Camera, both of them. They both have the same first name, Mark. I know Mark Moran, and the other one is Mark something. They made Weird New Jersey Magazine, and then it got so popular it became Weird New uh, Weird United States magazine, but um, they're big into the paranormal. And there's a lot, and New Jersey has just countless, countless stories, ghost tales from the uh, Jersey Devil to Clinton Road to a whole bunch of other spots around Jersey. The Pine Barrens is just not only the Jersey Devil, but there's a lot of weird things that happen in the Pine Barrens and. That's just. I, I, I'm a fan of New Jersey, but I'm not a fan of New Jersey because I have to go out and watch a sports team that plays in New Jersey, who continually tortures their fan base. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, they say the Jets are cursed, actually. Well, listen, that's probably true. I could tell you that there's definitely a curse related to. The I Jets. heard that when they won, was they won the, the Super Bowl in '68, '69, '69, '69. So did the Mets. So the, the Mets, Jets, they're definitely cursed. But '69 was a significant year. But he, the owner of the Jets at the time, they said that he sold his his soul to win that Super Bowl. And then oh, ever was that, since, was that Hess? That was Leon Hess, maybe. And then ever since then, they they can't win. Well, I don't know. I think I was the let. That was the last Mets World Series, and I'm I'm a Mets fan. Both, well, no, they both, won they won '86, didn't they? 69 and 86. You're right. Yes, they did. But that was only one of two. So, and now both New York teams are all, out of, all the New York teams right out now. Out of playoff contention. Except for the Bills, every New York team right now is just a dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Terrible. And, I, and we're fans. This is us talking as fans. They're just dumpster fires. Yeah, it's not a good state for New York sports. But Sleepy Hollow, it's a, I have to say this. Uh, first off, I'm going to, again, thank Julia for. The amount of time that she gave to us that day, she was very nice, uh, reached out to her. I actually reached out to her via uh, Instagram threads, which is like the bootleg Twitter. And um, X, X, formerly known as Twitter. No, threads, Instagram. No, 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 yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, not Twitter yeah, anymore. I see what you're saying. Okay. And um, she messaged me back and she was like, yeah, I'd love to help out. And we had a conversation on the phone. We set up the dates and she was just... A awesome person. Her restaurant is amazing. I, I've seen the pictures of the food that you sent me. Some of the pictures of the food you guys ate that day, dude. I want to go right now. Great beer I, selection, great food. The burger. If you're a burger fan, you got to go to Horse Feathers. Um, the ambiance of the the restaurant is is spooky. Like you know, it's like on the there's a perfect time for Halloween to go to you know enjoy a nice little meal there. Yeah, we're going back um, for sure. Like I said, I'm trying to plan out a trip again and go and there. Joey, Joey's getting his uh, 
He's getting his outfit ready to sit on her lap. Got yes. It. And we're talking about the Bronx They have lady. all the paintings in horse feathers of all the um, famous writers and people from folklore and history. Edgar Allan Poles, I believe, is on there. Edgar Allan Poles on there. Washington Irving. A um, whole bunch of people are on that wall. You walk in. The boots are like as if you're sitting at an old-time styled like I tavern. Kind of stuff, man. She has it well-decorated, well-lit. It was... I really, when we got back, it's an from, experience. It's an experience. It's it's a legit. She mentioned it in one of the older restaurants in the area as well. I remember her telling me. Um, so Julia, if you're listening, and I know you're going to listen in because you're anticipating the video and the episode. We want to thank you from the Say What Again Billy podcast, Nick. I know Nick wasn't there. Joey and I. We want to thank you, and Frank wants to thank you for having us come there, showing us around, giving us your your knowledge to the area. And welcome, welcoming us to your restaurant, having us come in early on your busy day, and doing what you did for us. It really means a lot for our podcast and to us. So I wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thanks so much for the help. And uh, we'll be seeing you again for sure. I'm trying to set some more stuff up up there. It's uh, a really, really close to home, historical folklore place. Sleepy Hollow, New York. So... Joey, do you want to add anything over there? You're very quiet today, man. I don't know. This, this bron- oh, I, was just, I was just learning today. You know, we had we had the history lesson, history buff over here. So I was just, you know, taking it all in. You know, you're giving the angry history geek a, a run for his money. No, no. Listen, I don't talk <laughs> about two things. What are you talking about? I don't about? talk about the yeah, Rome. There's a, a viral TikTok now. Have oh. you seen it? Where it's like, where women ask their husbands, like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? They're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, once a week. Is it? Isn't it a coinky dink that we 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 started making fun of Mike, right? And then we have him on the podcast for the Great Pyramid debate, and we, you know we break his chops every episode almost about. I know. know about so like every week we're talking about Mike, and then boom, one day I'm scrolling through Instagram, and it's like, first place I saw was Barstool Sports, and it says, "How often do men think about the Roman Empire?" I'm like, "Send to Nick, send to Joey," and I, I was like, "Like, look at this," you know what I mean? I think Mike's got a fan in Dave Portnoy. You know what? Listen, he's he's got his page is like the right time. He does cover a lot of history, but he does focus a lot on the Roman Empire. And you know what? It's a great time for him to make content. I've been checking out his page, and being that this meme is out, he's getting a lot more like you know. Yeah, I hope he does. Out. I hope I hope you know the 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 commentary here. I we we make fun of him, but we know him a long time, and um, you know he he really. He's a good guy. So like, he was one of the original members of the my ghost group, the IUH. Great group. It was a great group. I think um, kind of rejuvenated a little I think bit. There's a version two point five coming out. Beta? That would be two point oh. Two point oh. Two point oh. Yeah. All right. Well, we. So who's who's going on the business card? Not me. Well, Not we me. do actively here at the Say What Again Billy podcast do paranormal investigations. We did one last year. Um, we went to Sleepy Hollow and we didn't have the equipment, but we did a little document, you know, documentary style video. But, um, you know, if people I have, I do have a business card. And when I give it to people, my email's there, my cell phone number's there. And it says, if you have any unex- uh, unexplained paranormal occurrences to give a call and an email. And Is then it still your AOL one. No, it's not. <laughs> Man, <laughs> My AOL one, it has, it has the name Egon from Ghostbusters. That was a great on. one. Yeah. But if we do get a call. Or an email, you know, we'll have our Janine ring the bell and uh, Joey will get a yeah, phone I'll call. Just be the Janine. I'm, I'm good with being Janine. I'm like, Joey, guess what, bud? 
We got one. We got one. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> but before I thank Joey and Nick, I would like to thank Spotify for Podcasters for giving us the opportunity to talk about the historical village of Sleepy Hollow, New York. And if you haven't heard about Spotify for Podcasters, it is the free podcasting outlet that allows you to get your podcasting idea out there on outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and many other podcasting outlets. So if you have an idea for a podcast and you need a way to get it out there, download Spotify for Podcasters. Damn, that's good. Nick, thanks for coming back on, man. We're going to see you in a couple of weeks. The spooky season will be over before you know it. I got some stuff lined up for the next couple of weeks for uh, spooky season as we get into the actual month of October, the the grand month of spooky season. This is this is your time it's of going, year, but it's going fast. I know it's going. This whole like, year went fast. Like I'm like looking at this week and I'm like, wow, it's like the last week of September. I know because it's, it's not looking forward to the winter, man. Well, look, I am kind of because I read an article this morning. And I, I don't want to go too long but i read an article this morning is about Don't say that, anything about snow I, I will not say another word then for me it is not fun when it snows it's not the same job that i did it, but it's not about us so much like i i i would love to see for the kids that we have right Our kids I get to see snow like i do too but personally i'm not being selfish here but it's a little different the job i hold now same place i work but a different title I don't have to do exactly as much as I did when it did snow and have inclement weather, but it affects you parking and driving there and getting there. And if it's over a foot in New York city, it's a disaster. Oh, it's a you. disaster. It's you. absolute disaster. Not look, Joey, how bad is it when, you know, I'm not going to obviously say where you live, but where you live and it snows, how dreadful is it parking? Yeah, there's there's no way to park your car. You just leave it there. That's it. Hope for the best. Yeah. 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 Walk. Yeah, dude. Leatherman style walk. I don't mind. I don't mind one big snowstorm as long as it happens on like a Monday night going into like Tuesday, so I can rack up overtime on 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 my days off because I have these weird days off. But you know, for me, I might actually if it snows bad, I'm actually better. Especially if it starts snowing during the day, I'm actually better off sleeping where I work. So that I don't have to go home and find parking and fight to to get it's that bad. That's how New York City winters are dreadful. We do not want to be a part of New York City winter. As an adult, as the inner child in me is screaming when the snow comes out. Yeah, I don't, and I also don't mind it snowing anywhere, like a light snow, like two to three inches. You know, yeah, good packing. Christ, just... Christmas time, right? And we haven't had a white Christmas in years. But anyways, we're talking about Christmas and snow. Sorry. That's we're getting fault. into spooky season. We got Halloween coming up before you know it. So we're going to have some more episodes. So just check the website, swabpodcast.com, which will, it'll take you to our, our about info. It'll take you to the upcoming infos. And of course, all the links to all our outlets, swab underscore podcast, which is Instagram and TikTok. And we have a YouTube channel now, which is just Say What Again, Billy Podcast. Head over there to watch the video. That's in conjunction with this podcast episode. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again, Billy podcast.